0: You've heard me talk about Morning Kick, used by former karate champion Chuck Norris. It's a daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike other green drinks out there, this one tastes similar to strawberry lemonade, and I enjoy it. I know I don't eat as many vegetables as I should, but Morning Kick has helped me make up for that, and I feel great. I have more energy and better digestion. It's an easy part of my morning routine. My wife started taking it as well. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Plus, every purchase is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, a boost of energy, and just an overall healthier body, then go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris today. Hey everyone, welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. I'm John Harris. Uh, This is kind of weird for those watching. I'll explain for those listening. Um, Yeah, so there's some sparkly dust, uh, kind of like a motion graphic in the background, and and I'm smaller uh, because I'm moving, and I packed up the... um, Well, actually, no, I got rid of the the cabinet that my camera was sitting on, and so I was like, where am I going to put my camera? Um, I think there's a stand somewhere, but I couldn't... I, I don't have time to find it, so... Uh, I had to put it on a shelf which is farther back and anyway this is the best motion graphic I could find with the time I had uh, just so it wouldn't be a bunch of blank stuff in the background um, and, and completely boring but this isn't really my style uh, but uh, we're going to get rid of it in a second because I'm going to show you a slideshow and I'm going to I'm going to decrease my size even more and blow up the slideshow and we're going to talk about crew and um, and uh and just what's going on uh a little bit of an update with the organization i don't usually focus on crew i know it's been a while um i did do a video last week just where i said hey there's an announcement that Crew's lenses institute shutting down in the united states maybe this is a good thing there's something to take hope in i guess that uh, maybe maybe some people are listening i, I feel." I, I had a slight suspicion. I know I mentioned it, that maybe this was like a political move. And now I'm pretty sure it probably was. So I'm going to explain what I think is probably going on in uh, Crew as an organization. I think there's a tug of war. There's a real tug of war. It's been going on for a while, and it's not slowing down. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, by the way, I should mention too, um, uh, some people have made comments about the intro music and the outro music. Uh, and it's uh, Tim Bushong who's um, does I, th- I think he also does some stuff for like James White? I think like the intro for the James White's "Dividing Line" is is him, or maybe it was just Radio Free Geneva. I can't remember, but he he does some of that stuff as well. But he offered to do to kind of soup my if you, if some of you remember a few months ago, it was just an acoustic version. I I recorded on my phone of that that little riff, that rock and roll riff, and um and so that uh actually I I should since everyone now is talking about giving attribution right and uh and, and no one wants to plagiarize I, like that's the worst thing right now is plagiarizing i figured i should give credit where credit's due right so um so that riff as far as i remember now my memory could be slightly wrong because this is a this is a while ago and um it's back to the band days the garage band days uh when uh, two friends and i uh where we had our band and 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 some of you who are in this you kind of know what it's like you're you're sitting around goofing off talking about how one day you're going to be a big band and you're going to be famous and that kind of stuff and it it doesn't really happen but so we were doing that and and then you know one person comes up with like a riff or like hey look check out this song i wrote last night and oh man that's going to be a hit that's an awesome song that kind of thing and so i'm pretty sure it wasn't me that like that particular riff i'm pretty sure it was a friend of mine who was uh who who I don't know if he made it into a song or not, but I think that was his riff. He's like, guys, check this out. You know, so, so that, that whole thing that you hear as the intro. And, um, and so I, I, I think, no, I actually did put it into a song. I actually like did write a song. Eventually I used that riff. Uh, I think, I think this is going back a ways. I have it on my computer. I'm pretty sure. And I use that riff, but it, it got stuck in my head cause it's kind of catchy. And, And then what happened was uh, when I started the podcast a few years ago, I was using this. I was doing this classical piece, uh, this um, this hymn. I don't know what the name of the tune is off the top of my head, but the hymn was "Let All Things Now Living." And so I did like a finger picking version of that, and and it's a hymn I like. It reminds me actually of Thanksgiving. And I made that kind of the intro and the outro, and I think some people were kind of like. You know, hey, could you like soup that up a little bit? Uh, some people liked it, some people didn't, and I and I started to th- think like I, I want to change it a little bit, and uh, and so I, I used that riff that my friend had come up with, pretty sure it was him. So so all that to say, it's not that riff does not belong to me, and hopefully no one assumed that that riff was mine. Uh, it came from someone else, and I might have modified it a little bit along the way. Tim Bushong really ramped it up; he gave it that swampy feel. And um, half of you just got some information that you don't care about. <laughs> the other half of you find it interesting because uh, I get the comments and some of you like when I talk about my personal life. But yes, I did have, have some garage band days. And uh, uh, yes, uh, this, that riff was came from that. And it, it's over time, it's somehow made its way into this podcast uh, that I'm doing now. So uh, there you go. Uh, that's that's uh, some info on the riff. Um, Other stuff, just quick announcements before we get to the crew stuff. Uh, um, I know I announced that you can go to worldviewconversation.com, top right-hand corner, and there's a, I forget the name of the tab. You'll see it when you go there, though. And basically, if you want to schedule me to speak or you have an idea for like a conference type of thing where I can maybe bring a few friends, and whatever you're thinking, you can go there and you can submit on a form. Here are the dates that you're looking at. Here's like, can you uh, cover travel accommodations for people? Are you, what are you, what are you thinking? And um, for this um, fall, probably more like later fall and next spring, I'm going to schedule some things and uh, I already had a number of people fill out that form. I just want to let you know, I haven't gotten back to you yet and it might be a few weeks. And the reason is I'm waiting to get, get a bunch of, of uh, applications in, and then I'm going to look at them all and I'm going to start. Uh, working, doing the jigsaw puzzle on the calendar to see what would work, what wouldn't. So you will get a, re- a response. It's just not right this second. Um, so I wanted to say that uh, also uh, for those who right now, I know, I know this whole th- accusation against Votie Bauckham that he did plagiarism uh, and and the accusation against Owen Strand that he was a social justice warrior. who's now, he's an opportunist because, not a social justice warrior, but he was, he was kind of woke and he's, 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 um, an opportunist because he's, within a few years, done a 180. Um, I responded to both of those, or at least I tried to give give some guidance on what I think is going on there uh, in the previous podcast, and I didn't label it, and I realized I didn't tag it or anything, so maybe some people don't know that, but I I keep getting asked questions about it, so I I figured I would just announce it again. Uh, If you go to the previous podcast that I did, uh, I did uh, talk about it. Um, and what's the name of that? I'm going to look it up real quick just so I can, so you know the title uh, if you're looking for that particular podcast. Let's see here. It is called My Reaction to the American Solidarity Party. My Reaction to the American Solidarity Party. At the beginning, I give about 15 minutes of commentary on that whole issue. Uh, still offering the 80 Robles book, by the way, Social Justice Pharisees. got it right here uh social justice Pharisees uh link is in the info section still offering that um like I said I won't be able to ship it out uh like in the next couple of days after I move it's going to be like I'm I'm going on a vacation uh and it's going to be like a week or two at least probably two weeks or more before I'll be able to ship it out so if you want this now is the time uh for patrons it's only five bucks for shipping Everyone else is twenty bucks. So five bucks shipping, fifteen dollars for the book, and then of, of course uh, also my book, "Social Justice Goes to Church," um, just got today. I should say this: the uh, concepts for the cover of the the next book that I'm almost done with, uh, "Christianity and Social Justice: Religions and Conflict," and it looks pretty cool, actually. I really I'm, I'm pleased with what uh, we got so far. So um, things moving along there. Uh, appreciate everyone's uh, support and help and all of that. So let's let's go for let, let's talk about this. So we're gonna um, talk about this, and then I want to read for you a passage from the book of Acts. So let's start uh, with this. If I can pull it up, let's see. Can I pull it up? Is this possible? We can. We can. I have. Okay. So I'm gonna minimize myself here. There, I'm really small now. I'm really small. So you're you're just you're looking at the screen uh and seeing these tweets. So here's some tweets uh that are just reactions. And this is from more like this is from the social justice side if you uh I think some of these guys are actually kind of hard left and some of them getting harder left by the day. Uh heavy social justice guys, influence guys. Uh Jamar Tisby, um reacted to well I'll read what he says. He he says always fun to be called a liar for following the facts. The fact is Lenz's Institute is no more while so-called whistleblowers on the radical indoctrination from racial justice advocates bullied their way into maintaining the status quo, uh, which is like the cardinal sin of the the woke guys. Like if you maintain the status quo, I mean, status quo is like the worst thing imaginable. What you need to do is forward the revolution. Uh, in fact, I think is it Trevor and someone... Someone said it once, it resonated with me. The issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution with these guys. They want their utopia. They want their equity, inclusion, diversity. They want it now. They want it immediately. Anyone standing in the way needs to be eliminated. And the more secular, generally, it's, it's by any means necessary. Uh, you know, if, if violence can, can even be justified, um, as long as you're bringing in an egalitarian utopia type equality. And so Jamar Tisby, uh, very much on the social justice side, And, and he's, he, what he's doing is he's framing this. And this is part of the reason I'm making this video because I see this over and over. He's framing this as if he's the underdog or or the the progressives, the social justice advocates, they're the underdogs, right? Even though Lenz's Institute wasn't a thing. I don't know when it was created. It's pretty recent. Uh, Crew brought, created Lenz's Institute or brought them in. So I don't know how that worked, but it was a new brand new thing i mean crew crew goes back to i think the 50s right when, when bill bright started crew and and so lenses is fairly new in the last i don't know within the last decade and uh and so they they come in they bring this this woke stuff that pretty much um it it divides crew up it, it's created the problem not just lenses crew in general and the people that they have speak at their conferences but but lenses is a big part of this and the reaction is oh, well, uh, actually, we're not the ones causing the division. It's the people who are the quote-unquote whistleblowers who are causing the division, the people who are concerned about the teaching that Lenz's Institute is bringing, that's causing so much turmoil. They're the ones that are the whistleblowers, right? They're the, it's, it, they are the the—it's—they always do it this way. Nine times out of 10, 9.9 times out of 10, uh, in any organization, the fingers are always pointing at those who would stand in the way of egalitarianism or the revolution or whatever they're trying their objective is uh and and there's like one one button to push and that's the attack button it there's never there's hardly ever reflection from the social justice side on hey are they being consistent uh there's there's hardly ever an admission of wrong it's just attack you've got to understand this about these guys uh they they will twist things they will uh and and in their mind sometimes they're not even twisting it they really genuinely jim artisby may genuinely think that uh, the it, it's these whistleblowers who are in the position of power. It's it's not the lenses people. It's not the woke guys in Crew. It's not even the Crew uh, upper echelon who's been advocating for social justice now for years, uh, allowing it at least, and and to some extent advocating it. It's not them. Uh, the it's it's this organic group that formed inside of Crew that's not even part of Crew. That's literally outside. It is they do not have power in Crew. <laughs> <laughs> the only power they have really is to notify donors of what's going on and apply pressure to the organization that way. That's about it. They're, they don't have any real institutional power within crew compared to the people that they are um, opposing. But yet the social justice advocates can always twist things and then that's why it's probably confusing for some of you you think, wait a minute like this whole speak truth to power and uh, there's there's all this racism and sexism and all, and all this stuff going on and yet, I'm I'm it's like on my iPhone (laughs) that I'm getting updates uh from Amazon like literally some of the biggest corporations in the world are the ones that are saying that there's this huge problem with power disparities it it just makes you scratch your head you're like wait a minute the most powerful people in the entire world are saying that it's the the rich and powerful are are such a problem like wait are they talking about they're not talking about themselves though (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the thing. So, like Jamar Tisby, right? Uh, he's he's an activist. He probably would admit that. But he's he fashions himself as a historian. He's a degree in that. So I mean, uh, he's he's his book is is a history, but it, it's a history and activist book. It's a political. It's got a political bent to it for sure. Um, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I just guarantee it. He's already has that someone uh, who has similar credentials will not get because if, if because they're not on the woke wagon. And they're not uh, they're they're not on the social justice side. I'm just telling you that's that's just how it is. The the thing is though, people um, that are conservative don't tend to complain about those things. They don't tend to gripe and, and whine and, and moan about it because they they just have a mentality of like, well, you know, we're not we don't live in a perfect world anyway. Don't expect justice perfectly. And I you know pull myself up by my own bootstraps kind of thing. Like God's given me uh, abilities. And I'm I'm going to um, use those abilities as best I can, and I can't control what I can't control. And so it's it's no, there's no reason to uh, get upset about it. I just need to work hard. That's kind of the mentality. Um, but the, so the social justice side's not like that as much. If, if there's ever uh, any, if something like this happens where Lenses Institute, which has been pushing crit- critical race theory and social justice, if they shut down, it's got, they have to point the finger. It's the fault of someone. Someone's got to, to, to blame for this. It's not like lenses did a bad job. It can't be lenses fault. It can't be lenses did a bad job communicating. It can't be lenses didn't listen. It can't be uh, lenses uh, should have done better in some area. It's gotta be there's evil forces out there and they're powerful and they're the ones with institutional power. For those inside crew, they know it's kind of a joke. If if you, if they're really thinking clearly, they know that that's not really true. I mean this this group the, this uh of the organically formed of people who are concerned about the social justice direction of crew uh, they were told by leadership to disband they were they, they did not gain the hearing that they wanted to gain and yet they're somehow now treated as if they're in the position of contr- controlling the whole thing that's kind of a conspiracy guys and i know you're not supposed to like go down that road that's it's always at least lately it's been the, the fingers pointed at the right, that they're the conspiracy theorists. But like this this kind of stuff is kind of conspiratorial thinking, right? Um, so here, here's another reaction. Uh, I don't know who some of these people are, by the way. Um, I just thought it was interesting, the framing of this. Um, so someone asks, uh, you know, what do you think of the video of, uh, I think this is the video of um, Hoyler, who I, I have played some of his um, video where he's kind of whistleblowing me saying, look, I was part of crew. And you did a very good job, by the way. Here are some videos from the lenses training. Uh, this, this was bad stuff. And so this guy is asking, what do you think of it? And here's the reaction. What is remarkable is I could not figure for the life of me what was unbiblical, I guess, about lenses. Uh, no case was made. No case was made. Um, then baiting the facilitators with particularly inflammatory counters at the end was extremely inappropriate. So for those who don't remember, uh, this guy, Hoyler, Uh, who was part of this lenses training he posted some resources on critical race theory that were against critical race theory and then he got kind of rebuked by sylvester i think was the guy's name uh the guy who runs the lenses institute like publicly in front of everyone he he got rebuked for doing that and so this 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 guy on twitter publicly saying man i can't figure out what's unbiblical about that whole lenses thing and there's no case made and then man he's baiting them and and I have to wonder sometimes, like, what would have happened? Like, like reverse the clock 2,000 years. What would have happened if we were in the time of the apostles? Or even the Reformation. I mean, you, you pick. And and, and, and they, what would they have said when error was confronted? This is, this is um, erroneous. And Will Hoyler did do some of that. He did confront the error. He did focus on um, what uh, what was going on that he was uncomfortable with. But the reaction would have been like just kind of whistling past the graveyard, pretending yeah, there's nothing here, and then you're rude for pointing out error. You're so rude. Um, someone else asked who is Hoyler? and then uh, this guy, and I think this guy works for Crew. Uh, Josh Chen. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know any of these guys, but like this is what's happening publicly. He said he's evidence that Crew needs to do a better job screening who they let on their staff. So because someone would take issue with what lenses was promoting, uh, you, th- see th- this is, you're not allowed to disagree. You should not even be on crew staff according to some of these people if you disagree with the radical critical race theory stuff lenses is putting out there. And we've gone through it before. You know why this stuff, and, and I, I never get tired of repeating it because I know I need to. But standpoint epistemology undermines objective truth, undermines the clarity of Scripture. You can't have revelation if you believe in that. Um, you can't uh, have biblical justice if you think justice is this egalitarian thing that's supposed to eliminate disparities. That's not the equality before the law that is presented in the Bible. That's not what Mishpat is about. Um You can't uh, have the harmony of the communion table when you're making these firm designations of oppressors and oppressed based on skin color or social class or some other external factor and saying that uh, you need to do some kind of penance to this person because of uh, the the class or the social location that you belong to. Totally anti-biblical. It's just that that's, I mean, they're literally Bible verses like one in Ezekiel against that. You shouldn't have to pay for the sins of your social group, supposedly, or people who looked like you. That that's that's totally foreign to scripture. Um, and they twist all kinds of scripture trying to make that case. Oh, look what Daniel prayed. Look, yeah. The children of Israel in a covenant relationship with God were uh, were were participating in the same sins that their fathers did. By habit, they those sins were carried down. That's not the same as apologizing for the sins of their fathers. Okay, there, there's a difference there. Um but So you have that, the, the communion ta- table harmony, completely broken down by this um, kind of teaching. Um, you have uh, the undermining of the biblical principles of uh, private property when there's some kind of a redistribution scheme that's introduced. Reparations need to be paid, that kind of thing. Uh, so biblical ethics uh, is undermined. Um, and, and broadly speaking, you uh, completely destroy a Christian metaphysic, an understanding of the wholeness of creation and what uh, cre- people, people are valuable because they're made in the image of God. And all, all the complicated things, all the, actually the true diversity, all the things that uh, are part of creation get reduced down to this one narrow channel uh, of evaluation. And that's whether or not it either forwards or, um, or, or opposes oppression. Uh, and so you end up with a like a just this, this this really narrow view of reality, and you're analyzing everything according to this very very narrow set of, of principles, and you're not looking at the wholeness of what God's made. Um, anyway, uh, those are just a few things that lenses promoted that uh, that has a damaging effect. And of course, um, the gospel itself. Uh, when you mess with justice, you end up messing with uh, the gospel because. Uh, you need to have a clear understanding of what justice is in order to understand what mercy is. The two have to be, they're different. Justice is giving someone their due, whether it's reward or punishment. Uh, we all deserve punishment because of the sin that we commit. Um, and mercy is getting what we don't deserve. It's what God did for, for us. If you don't have those two things very clearly separated, uh, you, you wind up in a real problem. You also wind up in a real problem if you start adding things to the gospel or saying this is part of the gospel. Uh, in fact, I, I got into a discussion with a crew guy uh, who was more on the woke side of, like two weeks ago online just in a little chat. I don't usually do this, it was, or a, it was a Facebook thread. And, and they, they were making that case. And literally the guy offered me, hey John, like, I'll, I'll share with you the truth of the full gospel. And I'm like, hold on, uh, I have the gospel. This is the gospel went right to Galatians with him, and and he wanted to uh, argue that the gospel included social justice, and so you're adding an element of the law, you're adding an element of works. So how how is this in keeping Lenses Institute with the mission of Crew? They want to try to put it under discipleship, but it's 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 foreign to any kind of Christian discipleship. It's it's an activist political strategy, and um and it's corrupting not just Crew but other organizations. And so I said, well, hey, when Crew uh, said, or when Lenz said, hey, we've made the decision to shut down our organization in the United States. I thought that, "Hey, that's a good thing. I'm just not so sure, sure that's actually what's, I, I'm not sure, sure Sure, the angle I thought possibly at first uh, was the reason for it is the angle that it actually is. I, there may be a political play going on, and I'll show you that in a minute. Um, someone else uh, on Twitter, my friend Jamar Tisby, I'm sorry this was written to you. Unfortunately, Crew2 hashtag crew two. So like me too, but it's crew two is a hostile, abusive, traumatizing movement. See, this is where this stuff leads. Uh, six of us were all abused by the vice president and covered up by HR. Um, and now look, I don't know. I don't know that I can't verify. He said there was NDAs. He was a whistleblower. Um, lenses Institute and all the precious staff guest speakers, uh, and in the doc on CRT are also heinous though. Uh, this this is amazing to me. So many so so many crew staff, he says, have been crushed, abused, marginalized, and traumatized. Plus, crew last minute uh, statement of lenses statement is demeaning to every. Okay, all right, all right, we're gonna stop there. Here's the point. This guy is saying, hey, crew's abusive. Crew as an organization is ab- abusive. Um, it's those guys in leadership, and then it's exactly what I just said a minute ago. This a uh, group of people, this concern group that created the document against critical race theory, that traced it out in crew, that opposed it, that uh, created this document of concern to submit to the leadership, um, even though they're in conflict with the leadership or were in con, they're, they're, they're in conflict basically with the lead- leadership. didn't like what they were doing. Um, they are somehow now kind of like they're one with the leadership. They're, they're put in the same category. Like they, the people who created this document of concern about what was going on in crew, uh they're the abusive ones, just like the leadership is. But there's a, see, this is like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. The leadership is opposed to this. They're opposed to it. The leadership doesn't like that this group formed and created this document. This document wasn't even supposed to be made public. Remember that? So it, it was made public, someone leaked it, uh, and it wasn't a conservative person in, in that group. It was, it was a, a mole, apparently, uh, from the progressive side that leaked the document. It wasn't from the the crew as an organization, but yet this gentleman thinks, oh yeah no, the crew as an organization is abusive this is like the anti hierarchy it's it's their control their power they're abusive, and somehow this group that has really no power in crew and is is itself being marginalized is representative of that um it's always There's always a way to twist it to, to make the social justice guys, even they, they could be doing the most abusive things in the world, but if they're for the revolution, somehow they become the underdogs. It's just weird. All right, so here's here's the main thing I wanted to share with you. Mark um, Gaith I think it's Gaithier, the U.S. National Director of Crew, wrote this. For the past couple of days, I have been deeply saddened as I've considered the decision of the lenses team and the realities that prompted it. As I and our U.S. leadership team are engaging with many of our leaders, I wanted to share a few thoughts with you. As you can imagine, we are in a very complex place, both organizationally and relationally, but what has happened is reflective of the scale of the issue and the need for real and substantial progress organizationally and in our leadership culture. I, along with the U.S. leadership team, fully own and accept this reality it grieves me deeply that deeds done and words spoken within our community would cause hurt fear and pain as expressed by the leadership of lenses so look what he's doing he's playing into the whole narrative i just described lenses is saying we're hurt we're deeply just we're so upset we're just going to shut down lenses we're so upset about what this group without any actual power and crew said about us in their secret document that wasn't supposed to be revealed publicly that was submitted to the leadership to express their concern. I just so heard about it, and in this, and so the reaction from the U.S. national director is, "those, those mean bullies, those mean people, those deeds done and words spoken within our community that cause hurt, fear, and pain. Who's the who's the one with the problem here? It wasn't lenses that created a problem by oh I don't know, accusing like white people of racism because they're white and benefit from a system of privilege. It wasn't because they segregated off." uh minorities and white people to to process uh injustice in different ways it, it it wasn't any of that no it it was it was this group that put a document together that just told the truth about lenses and had itemized here's here's where they said it and here's what was said um and, and here's the problem with it biblically they're the problem and in scripture i'm going to repeat this because it's important in scripture the people who caused division are never the ones who are defending against error. It's the ones who bring the error that cause division. I'll repeat it. In scripture, the ones who are responsible for causing division are the ones who bring the error, the false teaching. Now, you you discern, who is it? Is it this group that created a document outlining the false teaching? Or is it uh, the Lenses Institute? And people that were in favor of the critical race theory stuff. Mark Gaithier is... Siding, in a in a sense, with lenses, he's taking their perspective and he's saying, you know what, you're right. Like you you are the one, you're the ones that are hurt. You're the ones that were were targeted. It's so mean that that would have happened to you. Uh, so he says this kind of relating neither reflects God's heart nor is biblical. So God's heart wasn't God's heart isn't for people to point out false teaching. You know that's just so mean to do that. Um, in the days ahead, I'll be addressing this in greater detail. We as a leadership team are on our knees in dependence on the Lord and would invite you to join us. I don't. So whatever hope I had, because because the hope before last, like last week, uh, I was kind of like hopeful that like oh, like it sounds like leadership really got on Lens's case and Lens's is shutting down. And now I find out Lenz's is not shutting down in any con- other country apparently. It's just the U.S. Uh, and this seems like it's a political move, and it seems like they're getting what they wanted, because the blame for the division is being placed on the theological conservatives in CREW. Who lack organizational power, but the blame's being put on them, and um, you know you saw this this kind of uh, this posturing during on like a national level with the Obama presidency. I remember, um, remember years ago, uh, I was listening. I was I was listening on the radio um, back when I did uh, blue collar stuff. I was doing repair work, and I, I remember hearing Rush Limbaugh. Uh, on the radio. I would occasionally listen to him. Um, I, I listen to a lot of things. I listen to NPR. I just, I, I would try to hear, hear what the other side's saying, but um, I, I thought, I thought Rosumba was kind of funny. I'll be honest with you. Some of his bits. So I listened to him sometimes. And one of the things um, he, I remember him saying is he, he was like, how in the world is Obama, who's the president of the United States, literally most uh, powerful man in the country. How does he get away with always blaming all the issues happening in the United States on these powerful forces that are somehow like more powerful than him. And he never takes responsibility ever for the economy. It's never his fault. It's always these powerful forces uh, and, and they're, they're trying to stop him. And he's like, what, is there any ever a point when he takes responsibility for, for anything? Why is he always putting himself <clears throat> in this position of being the underdog? And, and I see the same thing. This tactic is just used over and over. It's, it's, it's ingrained that if you're in favor of social justice you're always in the underdog you have to be you could be the richest person on planet earth you're the underdog uh, that's why it's not really about actual um, poor people or people who are, are marginalized they, they use those people as kind of uh, as human shields to um, enact their ideology but it's not about them so this is uh what's going on you have the national director the most powerful person and lenses institute right These mean people, without any power, who got together and created a document about us. So here's some other reactions uh, that happened within like the last day, I think. Um, So one of them involves me. So I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, The statement is something independently apart. So so the statement, let's see. Uh, Oh, this is so interesting. So this goes with what I was just talking about. The state, the statement about uh, this would be the 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 document, the concerned, the, the the group that came together to create this. Uh, document about their concern with crew. Um, it's, they, they're claiming that it's independently apart from crew leadership. And this person on Twitter says, well, that's entirely misleading. Andy Garber, I'm not sure who he is. He's saying that's entirely misleading. Crew's leadership decisions put lenses in a position to release the statement they did. I'm not sure I've ever been more embarrassed to work for this organization than I am now. So trying to blame the leadership. And this is the tug of war that's going on. The leadership doesn't know what to do. They really, they, that's obvious to me. They do not know how to handle this. They are in panic mode. And it's the ground is shifting underneath them, and it's its a fault line, and they're, they're let's just say they're doing a split right now. <laughs> they. How do we make the lenses people happy? How do we make uh, the theological conservatives happy? We, we can't do it. And, and you need to pick a side. There's no way to not pick a side in this. You can't, um, I, I think that in that letter, they even, uh, the, the, if anything, they actually adopted the framing that Lenz has put out there. I would say they're leaning towards Lenz's interpretation of this whole thing. And yet, that's not enough. It's never enough. Uh, you can never, until you completely kowtow to the revolution, you are an enemy. And, uh, and that's, just, that's how it is, guys. You, you have to learn this stuff. Anyone who studied um, communism in other countries... Uh, so, uh, totalitarian regimes and and just the social justice movement di- different iterations of it you know how this works and it, it works the same everywhere it's tried um here's a reaction uh from someone i think it's someone in crew i think that said hey uh well so so tried to oppose the statement i just read well broadcast um shane sebastian is the guy's name he says um well broadcasting that to the world behind your computer is going to be really effective so kind of some sarcasm." And then they just beat up on him. <laughs> this guy named Josh Shen says, Shane, you're embarrassing yourself. Uh, James Ward, I don't, know who, I don't know who these people are, but he says, yeah, this ain't it. Uh, more so for some someone at your level in our org. So he's saying, hey, you're you're up there in the organization. And you're saying, you know, this is, this is terrible. This is embarrassing yourself. You shouldn't be saying this. Jumping all over him. Um, this guy named Matthew Jesse says, also authentically curious if you condemn or condone the concern group uh, document, and uh, maybe speak that in conjunction about lenses. So he's saying basically, you, you have you have to you have to take a side. You have to take our side. You have to oppose the concern group. Um, and here, here's where I come up. He says, "Let." And by the way, this is hysterical to me a little bit. Uh, let me know, he says, how you feel when you have a document that writes lies about you and your team. So the document wrote lies. Now I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, it seemed like it was pretty good primary source stuff, but um, but he says and that was influenced by John Harris. Now I don't know who John Harris is because it's spelled J O H N. It's Jahan Harris. I don't. That's not my name, but uh, <laughs> obviously they're they're uh, despite the misspelling of my first name, it, they're he's referring to me and he says that the document was influenced by John Harris, who is a nationalistic racist heretic. <laughs> when you experience that, then speak up. Now, the funny thing is here, he's so concerned about the lies, literally lies. Um, and here's the thing, this is a complete fabrication. This is a lie. There's absolutely, he doesn't, this guy has absolutely no clue what he's talking about. I, I didn't even see the document until way after um, it was uh, put out there. I heard about this group, someone had emailed me and said, has anyone from crew reached out to you? And it was like a few people and could you just put him in touch with me? And I did, that was it, that was the end of it. I didn't have any influence whatsoever on the document. Uh, I was never called in, I was never in a meeting, I never had a phone call, I never um, submitted a paper, nothing. Um, in fact, uh, if you, uh, there, there's, there's someone who told me, who's from the group, well after the fact, uh, who um, told me kind of how the, the group functioned and it was it would the document would have looked the same whether i existed or not they were going to all the conferences through the conference videos they were going through the lenses stuff and they were they had a whole team putting stuff together had nothing to do with me but this guy look look how this works this is how the social justice guys work they're bullies You, you need to understand this they're absolute bullies the tactic here is to get people to run for the hills Oh no. It's associated with John Harris. He's a nationalistic, racist heretic. Oh no! Look, we don't want to be associated with that. And so it, they, they play the conservatives against each other. So they throw each other's under the bus. They distance themselves from one another. Really, the only way to react to this is just not to care what they think, and just to to just they, they these people are they're bullies, and they don't they don't have a problem lying. This is a lie. Um, but the whole that's funny though. I think the, the funny part to me is how he characterizes me. I'm a nationalistic, racist heretic uh which uh each of those words um nationalistic like in the modern sense the way it's being used it's like you love your country right um racist uh that word has absolutely no meaning anymore when it's used by someone who's on the social justice side it just it doesn't mean anything just means it it actually i was talking to someone the other day it was a fascinating conversation about this uh, and I'm going to totally botch. They 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 made it sound. They they did such a better job. And luckily, I got an interview with them, so that this video will be coming out at some point. But they talked about language, and how um, terms and racist was one of the terms. It, it actually it means really nothing anymore. It's it's connected not with a description, but with an emotion. So when you call someone that, it's it's just negative emotions attached to it, and you're, you you vilify the person. But there's actually really no real. D- definition it doesn't like it, it doesn't describe something in the actual real world and and they did such a good job explaining this uh, they were using CS Lewis and stuff I, I I'm gonna put that out there at some point but it's just an empty word and it, and this word should not it shouldn't do anything it shouldn't phase us anymore we shouldn't run from it I see so many conservatives running from this oh they don't want to be called that oh my goodness if I get a picture in front of that or if I uh, am seen with that person or if I go guys it's just cut it out. Like the, the only reason that the word has any power is because conservatives give it power by being afraid of it. It's just a fear tactic. It's just a bully tactic. That's all. Um, at this point, that's, that's what it's become. I mean, I I would say 10 years ago, if someone 15 years ago, if someone said that, uh, I would have been thinking about, okay, someone who really actually hates and wants to do harm to someone of a different ethnicity. That's what I would have thought. It, It doesn't mean that anymore. Uh, so uh and then heretic right so <laughs> i'm a heretic i'm i i'm schismatic right that's the, the word heretic means schismatic except that it's the social justice guys who have brought in the new teaching that's schisming off people i just invented my own words schisming off uh so anyway that's that's the tactic uh those are the tactics that are being used right now um i don't have any communication with anyone from that group except um the except, except like any of the leadership of that group. I've talked to like a few people who were like on lower levels of that group uh, who t- haven't even told me that much within the last few months. And just little stuff here or there, but I haven't influenced any of it. And um, th- this was done completely from within uh, this concern group. And uh, so I, um, I, I just wanted to share that with you. And uh, let's see, where, did, where was I going with this? I think that was the last slide, yeah. It is the last slide. Uh, just a reminder, if you want the, the books, links are in the info section. And I would appreciate your continued prayers. I know I announced it yesterday for um, a relative of mine who uh, does have pneumonia, is in the hospital, and uh, in, in a, just a, in California, in, in a place that's not the greatest to be in the hospital. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, God bless. So have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye now.